0: Hello and welcome to our Living Word Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from our Sunday morning experience. Well, happy Valentine's Day weekend. For all of you crazy men out there who think that Valentine's Day is not appropriate, I promise you, you will be single for a long time. (laughs) Don't listen to your crazy guy friend who's like, I don't need to show love one day out of the year. I can do it all year. Don't do me a favor. <laughs> Don't listen to those people. All right? Even if it's candy, even if it's an extra hug, even if it's just a little bit of something, you know, and you. let's say you do it 365, we're, they're okay with that. But gentlemen, just from me to you today, I promise you, make sure something is there. All right? Card, flowers, whatever it is, even a hug, a good hug. I'm not sure that works, but a hug works. You better be married. No, no, no hugging before marriage. All right? All right? <laughs> The kids are downstairs. It's okay, people. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, welcome to Living Word Church this morning. My name is Pastor Nick, and I'm excited that you're here with us. Uh, I'm excited that, more importantly, that when we get together, we don't get together necessarily just for one another, but we get together in Jesus' name. It is so precious to be able to sit in the presence of God and let him take us to a place we've never experienced before. And I challenge you that when you come to church, when you come to meet with one another, my prayer, my ask is that you would take that same determination that got you out of bed this morning and you would sow it into your life all throughout the week. It's so important in your relationship that you do that with God. Amen. If you weren't with us last week, we, we, the message title was A Journey to Be Like Him. And as we've been walking through different, different topics and different areas of Scripture, whether it be the Word of God, prayer, and all these different, different uh, things that we've gone through, I want to challenge you, and I'm just going to share it with you briefly as we get into today, and as we get into today's message. For many of you, you've made a new decision. You've made a, 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 a line in the sand. You've drawn one, or you've kind of made these declarations that this year is going to be different. Amen. That's about 15% of you. We were about 100% in January. I'm going to ask you again. If you drew a line in the sand this year and you're determined it's going to be different, could you shout amen this morning? It's okay. You can even fake it till you make it. I said that last week. All right? You may not feel like it. You're like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it different this year because I'm not really succeeding right now. But I promise you with this, all things according to the will of God will come to pass in Jesus' name. You keep trying to do it your way, you're going to fail. It's a game you lost. I promise you. Your way is almost a guarantee that you will not win in this game of life. God's will is perfect. His way is so straight. And if you follow his leading, he will take you to where you need to be. When you left last week, we gave you a sheet of paper and it had three columns. And the basic premise of it was this, right? If we don't remember why we started the journey, we're quickly going to find ourselves on another highway in life. And so for many of us, I asked you if you'd go ahead and put that in that left column, that why. Why did you draw that line in the sand? What made you make that decision this time? The second part of it in the middle was your goals. Some specific things that you really believe and you know God has placed them on your heart that you want to see in this season, in this time, in Jesus' name. And lastly, on that right side, it was just very clear what's in the way. And I ask you that again as we start today today because you've had a week to pray on it. You've had a week to sit on it. You've had a week to go ahead and dive into God's word and help him let you understand that what's in the way cannot stay in the way according to the will of the Father. And so I want us to keep with this partnered prayer attitude because I do believe what it says. And I, and I asked you this question specifically, what are you doing with your freedom? You see, some of you, you found this freedom in Christ. You, you found this new, this new joy. You found this new, hey, buddy. How are you? That's all right. I'll call you after. No, I'm kidding. Let's give Ian a round of applause. There you go. There you go. I get that preacher ADD, so I'm like, do I need to tackle this guy? What are you doing? (laughs) Anyway, I ask you again, what are you doing with your freedom? Galatians 6, I read it to you this way last week briefly. I'll read it to you in more depth today. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I ask you again, what are you doing with your freedom? This idea of reaping what we sow is a concept that we've known for many, many years. Amen? We get this idea. But why is it that we know this so well, but we don't apply it in our own personal life? We sit here and and we live in toxic relationships and we expect them to be healthy. Come on now. We live in places where we know we're wrong, but we continue to tell other people they're wrong. We live in a place where we want to see change happen, maybe in the workplace, maybe in your family, maybe in other areas. We constantly talk about what could be, but we're, we're not proponents of change in our personal life. You see, I think many of us, we minimize the lighthouse that God has built inside of us. You don't realize that sometimes, and most of the time, and even according to Scripture, that when you find freedom, you give other people permission to be free too. You see, there's a lot of people who haven't experienced the freedom that you found. And so that's why I ask you so specifically, what are you doing with that freedom you found in Christ? Are you going ahead and as you walk and as you talk and as you live, are you letting it be a light so that people have a reason to change? You see, change isn't easy for people. And many of you, you resist change. You don't want change. You're like, God, listen, I've had enough of change. But I want you to understand that for many of us, and I'm going to go ahead and get into a portion of the message here, and I'm going to challenge you because I think some of you need a new container to hold what God is doing in your life. You don't realize what happens, and you're not really understanding this concept in the Bible, maybe because you're, you're not a wine person, or maybe because you don't, you don't understand the concept that, 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 that these old wines, right, this new wine in the, in, the, in the old wine skin causes them to burst. Maybe you don't get that because you just don't live that life like these guys did back then. But I want you to understand this. Your container today cannot hold what God has for you tomorrow. You need a new container. You need God to help and construct and help you understand that what he wants to pour out to you is so large. If you don't go ahead and put that container in front of him, it will burst. And I wanna talk about this this morning because I think there's a lot of you who are determined to be different and you need to learn how to live different. You want new results but you don't wanna go with new habits. You wanna see different things but you just keep doing things the old way. I just want you to hear me today, it's just not gonna work. The second part as I intro where we're going today is this. You are not allowed to give up in Jesus' name. There are some of you that don't realize that until, and I sent this to our staff this week, that until your anointing becomes public, you will not be attacked. The moment you step into what God has for you, all opposition happens. The devil don't pay attention to nobody sitting in a back room not doing nothing. He's not omnipresent. He's not all-knowing. He doesn't have the powers of God, and he has limited resources. And so as he goes, and it says as he searches to and fro in the earth, and as he he looks for somebody to devour, you understand he ain't paying attention to those who are just sitting down doing nothing? And so if we want to make a difference, you have to begin, and I say this as your pastor, I want you to know that the minute you step into your anointing, you have to be prepared for the attack. Now, I don't say that to scare you like, Pastor, I'm good, man. You, you, do what you do you. You do you. Don't ask me to lead no ministries. Don't ask me to run no nothing. I, I'm good. I don't even want to sing. If that's what it means, I don't even want to sing. I just want you to remember that no weapon formed against you shall prosper according to the will of the Father in Jesus' name. If you think that silly little devil has anything on you, he's got nothing. That angel sat on top of that stone and he laughed. He said, you're looking in the wrong place. My God ain't in this tomb. He's over there and he's about to be up there. I want you to pay attention this morning because I believe that as you step into this next season, you have to be told the truth about walking in your anointing. You have to be told the truth that as you live out who God has called you to be, it's not going to be easy. It's actually going to be a little more difficult. It's going to be a place that sometimes you want to quit and sometimes you want to say, no, 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 pastor, I don't want to do that. Or I I, I just it's just not me. I wasn't made for that. I wasn't built for that. I, I you were or that person was or this person was. No, no, listen to me. You don't understand that in the crushing we are found. You don't understand that something beautiful comes from being crushed sometimes. You don't understand that, that, that what God has and what he allows according to his purposes for our life is to bring us into what he has for us, and sometimes it hurts because he's got to cut us back that we would be built and we would grow stronger to be exactly who he has us to be. Come on, somebody. Quitting is not an option. I won't let you do it. I don't want you to do it. Because if you quit, that means you've quit on the promises that God has for you that you haven't yet experienced. Matthew 5, 6 says it this way. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. You see, there's a reason why we've made prayer and the word such a a big portion of our study early in this year. Because portions like this, right? If the prayers of the righteous are mighty and powerful, then we must pray. Come on. If we're going to walk in these ways and talk in these ways and ask God to do miracles and and things in people's lives. And and if we really want to be the church that doesn't just stand here, we want to change our region. And we're just sitting here on Sunday like this. Oh, that coffee was good. (laughs) So glad the kids have a place to go. (laughs) Come on now, somebody. You want to see real change, you better be a prayer warrior. You want to see real change, you got to talk to the person who can do it, and that's God. You want to be a part of revival, not revival that lasts for a day or a week, revival that's sustained over long term. You better get it right with him. Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be blessed. I ask you today, how many of you want to be blessed? In Matthew 9, 14, in the chapter there, I'm going to give you a little backdrop, and then if you'd like to turn your Bibles, I'm going to teach there for a moment. One of the customs that was present in in the Jewish law was that And one of the things that Jesus faced in in Matthew 9 was this idea that that the Jews fasted two days a week. And many of them, they would sit back and they would claim basically like, hey, this is what we're supposed to do according to the law. We're supposed to fast. We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to fast. We're supposed to pray. But what Jesus was sitting here and he was helping them begin to realize was they said, wait a minute. But what are you fasting for? I'm right here. I want you to just walk this out because there's a lot of ways I can go with this sermon and I'm going to keep it very focused today. I'm going to try not to go off on too many tangents because there's about five billion sermons off that quote alone. What happens in this moment in Matthew chapter nine is the people of religion of the day are looking at Jesus and they're saying, hey, listen, how come those who follow you don't do what we do? We're following the law. We're following what tradition had told us that we would, we would fast these two specific days and we would, we would, we would pray and we would seek the, the face of God in this way. And, and how come those who are following you, Jesus, right? Listen, any of you who are bosses out there who got questioned, just read the Gospels. Jesus got questioned, all right? He'll make you feel a little bit better in, in trying to lead somebody. But it says it this way, right? In Matthew 9, 14, then, the disciple, then John's disciples came and asked him, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and they then they will fast. Verse 16 of Matthew 9. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. You received that this morning. You see, the process of wine in that day, it was wrapped in animal skins, right? And in that time of fermentation, the wine would begin to bubble and it would cause the new wineskin to expand and as it expanded it was able to hold the 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 newness right what was happening in that in that process of the wine now expanding inside of this but those who tried to use old wineskins as the new wine got to that fermentation portion right it would cause the wineskin to break and now not only was the old wineskin broken but now the wine was now all over the place. And so now neither were useful for anything because the wine skin couldn't hold anything and the wine was now on the floor. I want you to see how necessary it is. And for many of us, this is difficult because a lot of you, you're saying, well, Nick, come on now. I got to take this a little slower. I'm just starting to mentally change the way I am. I'm trying to make new decisions, and, and, or, or maybe some of you are in that spiritual category. We said, Nick, I'm starting to read my Bible more. I'm starting to, to pray a little more. My emotional health is getting there. Listen to me. I'm starting to complete this picture for you and why it's so important that we get it right in spirit, that we get it right in mind, that we get it right in emotion, that we get it right in our physical self, because all these things come together to make you who you are. It's so important, church. And in each of these areas, in order to contain not a new you, right, but that new you in Christ that the Bible talks about, that pouring out of what God has for you today that he wants to deposit inside of you, you have to understand that you're going to burst if you don't provide a new container for God to pour out into. You can't keep sowing into that old wineskin because God hasn't asked you to today. Now, a lot of you, you have trouble with some sermons like this because these words inside of it, well, old and young and past and present, you know, they they, they take your mind down different ways. And what I want you to show, what what I want to show you is that no business in the world that wants to exist stays the same as they were in 1970. Come on. They've got to exist differently today, don't they? So even if we just talk practical for a minute, Every generation that comes through, I don't know if you've ever coached a teenager in the last five years. You try to coach a teenager in the last five years the way you were coached when many of you were young, you're going to be fired. And I'm saying that to to a lot of Christians today. Come on now. And I mean that. I say that half tongue in cheek, but I mean that. You try to lead a teenager today on a baseball, soccer, football team the way you were led, you're going to be looking for a new job and you might be at Union County Jail. (laughs) (laughs) it just doesn't work like that anymore and we as people we can't be so ignorant that we just sit back and say my way works no God's way works and I get it God is the same yesterday today and forever but his spirit is moving and he knows how to reach the people you don't and so if you don't let him pour into you what you need you're gonna be looking real foolish while you try to do what you do today you're going to be leading from a place of anger. You're going to be resentful. You're going to find yourself trying to help people. And you're just like, I don't get it. They don't get it. They don't. They, why don't they just dot, dot, dot? And you're just like, no, I, I, you need to surrender today. I'm telling you, you need a new mind. You need a God to shape how you think and why you think. But please understand this. I love to say it this way. All these things don't mean you throw out the traditions of what was just for the satisfaction of what is. Come on now. I need to meet you in your mind this morning because I know where this sermon takes a lot of you. I've shared sermons like this before. and Some of you have a hard time about, I I just, what what do you mean I got to let this go to have what God has for me today? You understand that that we cannot store up things on this earth that the moths can just eat? Come on, somebody, walk this with me. That what we want to store up is a heavenly treasure. And so if we're focused on heavenly treasure, then we want to go ahead and get more people to heaven. Come on. That means we spend our time, we spend our resources, we spend our efforts, right, taking care of one another, understanding that in the premise and promise of God, all provision will happen according to his will. And I ask you, will you be that? Will you this year be that person who is determined, right, not discouraged, right, but determined to figure it out with God differently than you have before? You see, some of you, you refuse to go ahead and find a new place in God because it doesn't make sense for you. And you've got to go ahead and just open your mind and let him speak. I'm not talking about letting five different pastors share their favorite sermons with you and and give you their opinions on Scripture. I'm talking about that moment when you sit with God and he speaks and you know it's him. When you learn that intimate place, when, when you find that place with him that nobody can take from you, that nobody can steal from you. You ever see somebody walk with confidence, not arrogance, confidence? They're unshaken. You can't move them off with it. No, you can't tell me. Sit in a meeting with somebody who's in a profession that they've spent 30, 40 years in and walk in that meeting and tell them what to do. I'm telling you, you're going to be humbled because you know what? Most of them are going to respond with the fruit of the spirit and they're just going to watch you make a fool of yourself. And at the end of it, they're going to look at you and go, you done? It's the same thing that God does with us. He don't interrupt us most times. He will stop us in our folly. But most times he's sitting there and he's just watching and he's saying, are you done? Are you done doing it your way? Are you you done trying things to making things work the way you want them? Are are you ready to surrender to what I have for you? Are you ready to just give me what's mine and let me do what I want to do in and through your life in Jesus name? I put it this way and we're going to go to first John chapter two in just a moment. But your capacity is determined by your container. Your capacity is, is determined by your container. What some of you don't realize is that, and I, and I love, there's a lot of leaders who will say different things, like, you know, uh, real leaders read, right? some uh, a few good leaders will say, right? Real leaders love to read. Why? Because they're expanding their knowledge and their mind in Jesus' name. You know what I mean? Right? They're, they're, you get some of these sayings, right? right, right uh, uh, warring Christians know how to pray. We take all these these slogans and all these phrases we want, but they're important because what they're doing is they're teaching us how to expand our container. Not that we would burst, but when necessary, we expand and when necessary, we put a new wineskin to receive what God has. And I think it's important because maybe not everybody is in that season where God is putting a new wineskin in. You might be in that fermentation season right now where you're beginning to expand in the things that God has for you and you just need to stay put knowing that the, the skin that you have and that you've received it and is able to contain it. If you don't, you need to go ahead and let God do it in Jesus' name. But 1 John 2.20 says it this way, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and all of you know the truth. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as the anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Walk this out with me for a moment, because I want to talk to you about the anointing of God. Many people use these biblical terms And and many of us, we sit back and go, anointing. Okay, sounds pretty holy. Sign me up for anointing, right? But what we don't realize is that Jesus was the anointed one. The name Messiah means anointed one. And so that means that when you're in relationship with the anointed one, you are now what? Anointed. Anointed. Now, there's this process. Now, walk this out with me, please, because as you work with the word and the understanding of what's happening, right, the anointing is a recognition of the presence of God in your life, moving you to further the kingdom of God. But what happens many times, and hear me because I love questions, I love the fact that we can offer classes, and God obviously set up even those in the Bible who would teach and preach and live, and you see this, right? But there's something at the beginning of your faith that I need some of you to go back and find, and that's this. Many of you will walk up here and ask for prayer, even on Bible study nights or or, or mornings like this, and you'll say, Pastor Nick, I, I just don't know how to hear God for myself, how do you remember being there, or maybe even are there in Jesus' name, right? I just don't know how to necessarily understand and hear his voice. I want to read this passage, and then I want to talk about it with you again. Verse 26 of 1 John chapter 2. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. The reason I prayed before I preached this morning was that I understand that although I can provide wisdom that God has shown me, there is something about the anointing of God that I could never come close to. There is something about the presence. There is something about the word, the power, the Messiah, that when we talk about this part, when he says, and you do not need anyone to teach you, some of you don't, you have not yet learned how to trust the anointing inside of you. You hear it. You sense it. You understand what's right and wrong. Come on now, somebody. You know. You can feel it. And it's okay to want somebody. Please hear me. I'm not pushing you back this morning. What I am is pushing you forward because I want to encourage you. You are further along in your walk with Christ than you realize. When you give your life to Christ, the anointing is placed inside of you. Now listen, there is different portions and different examples of, right, when David is anointed king, right, you see different, different actions when it comes to anointing, but only the difference that lies inside of that is this public recognition of something God is doing in somebody's life, or an authority that they've called them to as a result of what God is doing in their life. And you have that same thing inside of you. You have the anointing of the Messiah. The anointed one is your best friend. And I want you to grab that today because I feel like a lot of you think you're unqualified. You think you're not called to lead. You think you're not able to be an example. You, you kind of look at this scripture and you're like, no, pastor, it's okay. I'd rather just keep going to people and asking them their opinion. No, I want to ask you that people are going to let you down. People aren't always going to have the greatest answers. But it says it right here. Because in this portion, the altar's warning them. Listen, be careful for people who are leading you astray. But pay attention, right? The anointing you receive from him remains in you and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you, recognize the active conversation here, about all things and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it is taught you, remain in him. Hebrews 1.9. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. I'll say it as simple as this. The anointing makes you different. A lot of you, when you came to Christ, I bet many of you even saw somebody living a life, and you kind of maybe even asked them, or maybe you were sitting in church one day, and you're just like, you know, I know that person's going through a mess, but they still seem to be free even going through their mess. What's that about? How do you do that? You just lost somebody you love. You just lost your job. You just, you just know Things aren't right inside of your family right now, or things aren't even right for you, but how do you find this joy? And the way that we can be different and the way the world could know the Christ inside of us is by the activation of the anointing in our life, the actively moving presence of God that is doing his work. For those of you who feel stuck today, be stuck no more. God doesn't make potholes. He paves highways. Come on. We make the potholes. He paves highways so straight for us to see that if we're willing to stay obedient, he'll take us to the destination at hand. But you know it it's me and you, we make those decisions to get off the wrong ramp. We're the ones who who stop and because we stopped, we cause more damage to the ground and we don't necessarily know what to do and when to do it. I promise you God has not called you to be stuck. But God has forward, called you forward in Christ Jesus today. The anointing makes you different. Second Corinthians ten two, I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be so, towards some people who think that we live by standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war, Excuse me, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient in Christ. You understand, as a Christian, you're called to fight differently. Now, I know for some of you, you'd want to be like many of us and just puff out your chest and be like, Well, what does that mean? I fight differently. <laughs> well, what does that mean? Am I just supposed to be a weak Christian? I don't think there was anything weak about Jesus going on a cross and being nailed to it for you or I, was it? There was nothing weak about him being beaten and mocked and made fun of because of things you and I would do. Come on now. He died a sinner's death. Not because he necessarily wanted to. Actually, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, he said, Lord, if this is not the cup you have for me, what? Take it from me. If this is not what you have for me, take it from me. And it was his cup to drink. And so he drank it and he went and he died for you and I. And as the lover of all lovers could ever explain it. I want you to see that his divine power is made to demolish the strongholds in people's life. I want you to understand that when you react differently than the rest of the people you work with, live with, serve with. It does something to people's flesh. It messes with them. They were expecting you to be the the out-of-control person, and you didn't lose yourself. They were expecting you to go off in this cursing tirade and this this very negative moment in your life, and they were expecting you to say things that, like other people would say. Why? Because you deserve it. Come on now. How many of us have said that this past week? That person deserved it. Come on. Let's be real, right? That person deserved this. Whether it was the horn or other things in our car, okay? I'm just saying. Y'all can repent on your own. (laughs) <laughs> my horn always goes back sounding different than I, when I return a car. <laughs> it is used. <laughs> Second Peter 1.3, worship team, if you can join me this morning. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who, has called, who called us by his own, and, excuse me, I'll read it again. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. For many of you, I've kind of been ping ponging back and forth between some practical ways for us, like last week in that sheet, to begin to look at ways that we would focus on what God has spoken, that we would set some goals, and that we would understand our obstacles and we would figure out ways to not only achieve them, but overcome them if need be. Amen. This week, I wanted to saturate you with some more scripture that you can begin to understand who you are in Christ. That you would begin to understand this very Christian word that we toss around called the anointing. And you would begin to understand that the anointing is actively at work in you as a child of God. And that no matter where you're struggling, no matter what you feel or what you've experienced... The presence of God in your life is constantly teaching you if you're willing to listen. It makes me feel so good. There's so many times when I talk to somebody like Pastor Nick, literally my wife and I had that same conversation this week. I promise you I wasn't there. (laughs) But he was. He was. You know, I always tell people when they ask me, about preaching in different services, or if I go to a church and, and speak, or even here, if we, have, if we have two services, which we will soon in Jesus' name, amen? <laughs> when you do that, they say, you know, Pastor Jake, how does it feel delivering the same message twice? I said, it's not the same message. I said, they say, what do you mean? It's hard to prepare two messages in one day. I said, no, it's not. I said, there's different people sitting in front of me. And if there's different people sitting in front of me, then he also has something different for them. And although the structure of the message may be very similar from one service to another, there is specific words that will be shared during that message. And I promise you, if you're a person willing to listen, it is for you. My church people from old get what I'm saying mostly because a lot of people in this world, and I need you to hear me say this, they're tired of people putting things in the microwave and bringing it out and handing it to them and telling them it's fresh. You know a stale meal when you taste it. Come on now. You know what it's been cooked over and over and recooked and recooked. Now hear what I'm saying and why I'm saying it. If the anointing in your life is active, it is constantly teaching you. That means this week, if you're willing to pay attention, at the end of this week, you're going to be different. It may just be this much. It may be this much. I don't know. Some of you, your relationship with God is a lot like your relationship with your spouse or your future spouse one day. A lot of us, we want to, be, we want to love like we want to be loved. Come on. And we don't understand that that's not how love works. <laughs> the way you desire to be loved doesn't necessarily speak the same language as the person you're trying to love on. There's only one person in the world who knows the love language of us all, and that's Jesus Christ. My couples in the room, I challenge you so much and I want you to listen to me so clearly. As you learn and you're loved by God, let that love be how you love. Because I promise you the gifts will get old. And even though they might be cute, cute, cool, and fun, there is a love that you will give from the overflow of the anointing in your life to one another that can never replace any material thing or special precious moment you can create. If God is at the center of what you do, everything else will come to fruition in Jesus' name. I challenge you in this room today, and I speak, and it's not just because it's Valentine's, but it's a great time to talk about it. I want you to hear me, and this is not just some pastor Christian cheesy thing to say, but if you don't have that special someone with you today, or maybe they've passed, or, or maybe you're younger and you're still searching, I want you to know this, you're never alone in Jesus' name. You have the best friend. You have the lover of lover in your lives at all times, and that is Jesus Christ. Do me a favor. For those of you who, are, who, who have loved somebody and, and, and maybe they've passed on or maybe they've gone to be with the Lord or you, maybe you're just not with them anymore, do me a favor. Let God heal that. Let God work that. Let God live in that place. And don't let anybody in that place and let he, unless he says so. My second thing is to those of you who are still searching and you're asking God who, who do you have for me what do you have for me what are you doing mean, I'm ready Woo. <laughs> please do me a favor you keep that door shut until God tells you to open it you protect your anointing you protect what God's made you I promise you as a pastor I was a youth pastor at turning 18 19 years old I spent my entire 20s with me me and Jesus I got married right at 29 turning 30 to the love of my life five years married one little girl and another one on the way I promise you in due season those things are beautiful do not look at these days and regret what you're experiencing because God is preparing you for what you don't see you see when you begin to just listen and hear me I need to do this it's so it's so important I need you to understand in this season it's not a season of loneliness it's a time of preparedness it's a time for you to look, and, and listen, I want to tell you because nobody told me necessarily these things, right? It's okay to go ahead and make good for yourself and save up and buy your wife a house one day. Come on now. It's okay to just walk in to your marriage debt-free. It's okay to make decisions that you've made as an individual person that just brings a whole new level of God to your marriage. And so do me a favor. If you don't have that special person yet, let God do his thing. He knows you. He sees you. And he loves you through and through, just like the song was saying. I promise you, be real with God. Tell him how angry you are that you feel like, Lord, I know it's time. If you think it's time, then talk to him about it. Do me a favor. Stop talking to your friends about it. Stop talking to everybody else. Do me a favor. Close that door. And if it's the true heart of what you have, meet with him. Ask him to lead you in Jesus' name. Church, I'm telling you, relationships are the key to our life. Everybody wants to be loved. If we learn how to first be loved by Christ, we can learn how to love each other in this world in Jesus' name. If you receive that this morning, stand with me as we close. As we close this morning, I want to remind you that at the end of each service, this, this space right up front here, the altars are open. And we love to pray with you. we love to stand in agreement with you. We'd love to thank God for even testimonies that you've shared and, and things that have happened in this past week. We love partnering with you and your families in Jesus' name. And so if you're here today, do me a favor. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, don't walk out of this place today. Come talk with me. Let me pray with you. The Bible says it so clearly, right? When you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you have relationship with the King of Kings. Just like when I started my sermon, I told you my sermon won't save you. That prayer won't save you, but the attitude of your heart will. Get right with God. Those of you today who you're kind of living back and forth and you're like, hey, yeah, I know God, I've experienced him, but Nick, honestly, I just need to do my thing for right now. I'll just kind of check God in in a few months. I just want you to know you're missing out on something. I want you to know that every day apart from God, you're missing his presence, his power, his glory, his authority, and his blessings. Every day you spend apart from him, you're giving up something in him in Jesus' name. For those of you who are walking and loving God, do me a favor. Change somebody's life this week. Walk into somewhere, not just even even looking, but, but do me a favor. When your feet hit the ground on Monday morning, expect God to use you. There are people who are hurting, angry, lonely, and tired out there, and they don't know how to stop their life. But the anointing, the active teacher inside of you, is going to be used to literally save somebody and to show them how you're able to walk this out in Jesus' name. Let's pray together before we go and worship. Father, we thank you this morning. I thank you that we can come together as one church body, and we can give you glory and praise. Lord, I thank you for the word of God, and I thank you, Lord, this morning that you would teach us that the anointing of God would fill us this morning, God, that the Holy Spirit would fill us, that, Lord, you would just overflow from our lives, and that as we walk it out, God, you would be the best teacher we ever had. God, we love you. We praise you. I thank you that this week will be different in Jesus' name. Lord, we truly do. We believe it, we say it, we speak it, but we also are now prepared to walk it. Lord, we ask you that, Lord, through the Holy Spirit, Lord, and I ask this for our church, that you would give us wisdom as we walk to and with your promises, God. Give us wisdom, God. Lord, I thank you for this place. Lord, as we met and you met with us this morning, may every day be like that. May we be carriers of the presence of God. May those who encounter us this week never be the same because of the Jesus that's shining out of us. In the mighty name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen. Let's give God a praise, church. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's message here at Living Word Church. Uh, If you're looking for a community, looking for a home church, we wanna challenge you to join us on Sunday mornings at 1045 here in Union, New Jersey. We pray you have a blessed day in Jesus' name.